Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 650! Science Faction, we discover what shouldn't exist, and another terrifying way to die... That's right. We discovered a zero-calorie cream cheese that tastes just like real cream cheese. It shouldn't exist, yet it Wouldn't does. Wouldn't it be better if it was a zero-calorie cream cheese that tasted exactly like regular-calorie peanut butter? But like you weren't allowed to market it as like a diet peanut butter. They're like, no, this is technically <laughs> cream cheese. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. And and by the bagels, sure. Yeah, and that's a dual form. Somebody can put peanut butter on a bagel, that's fine. But if you're gonna try and put this on like a jelly sandwich, I'm sorry, legally you cannot do that. This is a cream cheese. You you know who makes out like a bandit here? Huh. All the you know, like ton of kids who are severely allergic to peanuts, but will never know the sweet joy of a Reese's peanut butter cup. But oh. now they can via cream cheese. Or it's like a bitter pill to swallow because before peanut butter is just this earth real, it's this thing you've never had before, right? It's it's like Turkish delight or something. Like we don't know what it means. It's just words to us. But then the second they taste actual peanut butter, they're like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing my whole life. It'd be like if like an old curmudgeon who never knew love, like the day before he died, he then, he experienced true love for one moment and was like, my life was a waste. That's how they're going to feel for the rest their lives with just walking around knowing what everybody else is enjoying. You see, you and I look at things very differently. I, I would think the old curmudgeon should be happy that he experienced at least one second of fucking love in his entire miserable fucking life. Oh, be I happy see. for that, you oh, piece of shit. Oh, I see. What you're saying is that the lowly love peasants, the the 99%, if you will, they should be happy with their one day of love so that us love elites can sit basking in our castles of love while they farm our feudal fields. I listened to a hilarious thing and it was just that uh like it, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a hilarious it was a comedian's take on Donald Trump and saying how like the guy was cursed you know because of his the circumstances of his birth and uh he he the, the man has probably never known one moment of real joy in his life he's been spoiled by that you see I think the old man is somebody, you know, I, I uh, he has lived his whole life without any sort of joy. And I think uh -huh. I do wish him that final moment of joy if it was possible. I don't think it would be some cruel joke that the gods were playing on him to give it to him on his deathbed. Okay, there's only one way to find out. We need to find three sad old men. Now, one is going to be our control group. <laughs> it's really not that hard to find. No. Let me assure you, I've worked in many a nursing home. <laughs> well, we have to make sure they've never known love. So like, we have to have a pretty strict standard. Like, we have to have a way to make sure that they have, they have never one day in their life known love. Okay, I got it. I got huh. it. I got it. Okay. Here's how you find that guy. Okay. We go into the, uh, we're going to have to uh, uh, go into like Hooters files, like their best co top customers. Sure. If we search anybody over the age of 70 mm -hmm. uh, who is still a Hooters regular and is yeah. like known, is like in whatever rewards program, that man has never known love. I guarantee it. All right. That's fair enough, too. I, I guess I was going more along the lines of we find the people who are super into the things. That's that like give off the weird vibes of having never been loved. Like 
if you like to play pool, that's cool. That, like, great. That sounds like a fun thing to go out and do on the Friday nights with your with your guy friends. But if you're a dude who plays pool 17 hours a day, you've never known love. Like, I've met those guys before. <laughs> the guys who hang out at 2 a.m. at the billiards parlor at, on like, at like a Tuesday when you're like, you, you, you like wander in. You're like, I need to get changed for the gas station thing. Is this place open? What's going on? You know what? I, I don't you dare judge them. I have seen the way you are with foosball. If if it was socially that's a real acceptable, sport. that's different. No, no, no. That's a very, that's a very have, different thing. That is a. If it was socially acceptable to have foosball halls instead of billiard halls, uh, I, I could easily have seen you going the life of a foosball hall hustler. Yes. Well, for, first of all, uh, one of those the pool thing is like a sad thing where you just become like a a drunk degenerate like cocaine addict you or something. Piece of shit. The foosball thing is like pulling up in a Ferrari and like the models are all draped over you and like you got the Nike like swoosh thing on and you're doing the Wheaties bo- like it's just a different thing. I'll never understand how you suck off foosball so much, but hate real soccer, but hate soccer so irrationally. I can make a case that foosball is more of a sport than soccer. All right, and speaking of a case for foosball, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is the Pele of this show, our comedian, Mr. Damian Mercado. Damian, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, and it's an odd day for you to make that argument with the return of our scientists back in the studio. That's right, soccer scientist Megan Rapinoe is here to join us, uh, and also, to, I guess, to defend her sport, which is something I don't think she had to do in the in the email. Uh, I don't know who you are, uh, Miss Rapping, though. Uh, I... I... <laughs> We literally have the best fucking... This is something we are legitimately excel at. We dunk on the rest of the world in women's soccer. Not compared to foosball. No way. Other peeps beat us all the time. You know what? International foosball champs 35 years in a row and running. No, I I, I I have to believe there's some, like, uh, Southeast Asian country that just schools us every time never. we go head-to-head. Never, never. And if you want to school us like some random Southeast Asian <laughs> country, go ahead and check out our Patreon where you can get another episode of Science Faction every single week. But for now, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. I would love to go into the uh, the science faction multiverse. You know, the MCU is doing a multiverse. Well, the uh-huh. science faction uh, uh, verse uh, has a multiverse, and I'd love to do one where, like, I go to we go to like Southeast Asia and to some like seedy foosball hall, and then we see like a version of you, but he has an eye patch. Yes, he's. <laughs> He's playing Russian roulette in between foosball. Russian roulette's one of the only games that can keep up the excitement and inherent adrenaline that foosball brings. It's one of the reasons they go hand in hand. <laughs> like Coke and drinking. Uh, dear article number one, James Webb discovers what shouldn't exist. A multiverse, especially one where we can find uh, a Bobby with one eye. And I just presume a cool foosball story about how he lost it. Yes, well, I, and also at some point Thor cuts off my head, but it won't do anything. My damage is already done. <laughs> you piece! What damage? What did you do? What did you? What to tell us? I uncovered the truth about soccer, vis-a-vis foosball. 
Uh, so what did researchers recently report from the James Webb Space Telescope? Something super, super interesting. And I love these things where we find something that should not exist. It shouldn't be there because this one means that we're wrong about something. And, and two, oftentimes what we're wrong about when we discover why we're wrong about it tells us something about the universe that we did not know. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get in. But what they, dis what they discovered briefly is six potential galaxies that emerge so early in the universe's history and are so massive that they should not be possible under current cosmological theory. So are they like long burnt out? Uh, the, are no. The star, are these galaxies where the stars have burnt out or? No, they're just, they're, so we know uh, based on the math what should happen in the early universe. And by the way, it's not like these are the oldest galaxies we've seen with James Webb. We've taken pictures of galaxies that are much older. Uh, so these galaxies were ones we're talking about in this particular paper about 700 to 800 million years after the Big Bang. The one, We've taken pictures of galaxies that formed 350 million years after the Big Bang. However, those look like like what we would expect from the physics. They're small, they're really, they're not very big. Uh, that's what we would expect based on the models of what was going on in the early universe. But these ones we're seeing at 700 million years old or so, they should not be as big as the Milky Way, and yet they are. And that doesn't really make sense. And by the way, when I say 700 or so, I'm saying 700 after the Big Bang, so 13 billion years ago. Is, I mean, uh, we talked on this show. This is this is uh, obviously the layman here. Mm -hmm. We talked on the show about how uh, how stars constantly drift apart. How you know our models of the universe change. Is it just because they're earlier galaxies and they've had more time to yeah. to expand at great rates, and that's why they're so big? Well, but it, this should not be that big. What what we know about the physics of the universe at this time, these should be much smaller galaxies like we are seeing at 350 million years old, which means we're wrong about something. And that is what is so fucking exciting because something big like that that we're wrong about means that there might be something about the universe we don't currently understand. And when we investigate what it is we're wrong about, we might find that out. A quote from the uh, researcher involved, it's bananas. B A N A N A S. Is that was was uh, Stefani published on this? Is this her name? Is she accredited uh, on the? Uh... She is. It says a uh, holler back girl. <laughs> what is that? What is a holler back girl? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just I've I've been pondering this for twenty years. Uh no, but he did start with its bananas, and I realized that yeah, again twenty years later. You no, know, I thought you were fucking with me. Nobody could ever start by saying it's bananas without me in my head going B A N A N A S. And, and you know what? He's probably he, he he's not too young to understand that reference. Yes. I guarantee you. No, he knows too. He knew what he was doing. I uh, said it's bananas. You just don't expect the early universe to be able to organize itself that quickly. These galaxies should not have had time to form. Basically, they should. We shouldn't have had huge galaxies forming that long ago. Now. Maybe that means there's something wrong about our models 300 or 700 million years ago. The ones 350 million years ago seem to be right. So maybe there's something wrong about those models. Maybe it's something else. Maybe those galaxies are combining. Maybe we're looking at something we're wrong about in terms of the age or the size. Maybe we're wrong about them even being galaxies. They were saying maybe we're the signals into James Webb. We're just seeing something that look like galaxies, but there's something kind of weird that we're not used to seeing, like some really faint quasars or something, and we're mistaking in the data. That's interesting in and of itself. But maybe, and this is what's exciting to me, and this is why I like it when we figure out we're wrong. This is why I like when science figures out it's wrong. Maybe we're actually wrong about that formation process that was going on in the early universe, and we're or we're wrong about parts of the age of the universe, or we're missing something. 
And the important thing is this is a mystery right now, a legitimate scientific mystery. And often mysteries like this tell us what we don't know. One of these mysteries, Damien, in your and my lifetime completely changed the way we think about the universe when in the mid nineties, we realized that the universe's expansion was actually accelerating instead of staying the same or slowing down, which were the only options we thought were reasonable at the time due to gravity. When we realize it's accelerating, we're like, holy shit, there's something we don't understand about the universe. We still don't understand exactly what it is. We call it dark energy, but it totally changes every calculation we do in, in like astrophysics because we have to compensate for this giant force pushing everything apart. It tells us how the universe is going to end. It tells us the implications of stuff that happened in the beginning. It tells us all this fucking shit we didn't know back when you and I were in elementary school. Okay, then I have a question because uh, yes, I re I remember that our galaxies are are constantly expanding at a greater weight. Mm -hmm. If this has always been happening and it's it's always picking up speed, um, is it a t is it possible that uh, our a early ancestors, just as our early ancestors were able to cross the Bering Strait or even take out the land bridge into mm -hmm. Australia, was it possible for our earliest ancestors to perhaps uh, 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 explore other planets or other galaxies due to their uh, uh, proximity? Uh, decreased proximity. Yes. Yes, in like uh, uh, like obsidian spaceships that they built. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, like like uh, outriggers, outrigger obsidian spaceships. But yeah, yes. you know, something like like with a solar sail. You gotta. You you definitely need that stabilization. The outrigger. Uh, <laughs> I mean, w while it's a. Well, it's a nonsensical question. Uh, in How a way, dare you? How dare you? It does lead to like a, a more interesting thing, which is in our conception of the universe, things are getting further away at a faster rate and they'll get further and further away, which means that the, the distance in between us and other galaxies is getting further and further away. And the, and that is increasing at an ever increasing speed. So, so that is getting bigger and bigger between us. So what does that mean? It means as it gets pushed away pretty soon when you compound the you know expansion upon the expansion and the expansion and it's going you know in all these different directions you get a system whereby other galaxies are flying away from us faster than the speed of light meaning we will never actually see the light from their, those galaxies so right now we live in this beautiful time period in the universe where we can look out and see other galaxies but that won't always be the case at some point from the point vantage point at which we look when we look out to see other galaxies we can't see them because they will be moving it away from us at a rate so fast that their light could never catch up and get to us at which point we're essentially in different universes. I mean, technically, it's different universes with the same laws of physics. Uh, yeah, I was. It was the James Krause uh, speech uh, years ago. I saw you recommended. I think a universe from nothing or something. Great speech, absolutely great speech. Go check it out. It's about an hour of your life, and it will change the way you think about the universe forever. Yeah, it was essentially like a, a dumbing down of a very advanced concept to a point yeah. where like somebody like me could understand parts of it, most of it, even or just parts of it. Maybe sure. uh, maybe a high fifty percent. I don't know. Yeah. Point is, um, he had this great point though, where uh, if uh, let's because of what Bobby said and the way the uh, the model like uh, a civil let's just say mankind falls and parrots inherit the earth or monkeys, chimps, whatever inherit sure. the earth. By the time they get to a uh, spacefaring or the ability to observe, uh, you know, uh, uh, space and the stars, uh, they may not have the ability to observe the universe and yeah. to get a complete picture. But they, the, but they will have they will develop a model of the universe 
uh, based upon what they can see, but it will be fundamentally flawed and they'll never know why. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because they'll never be able to know the other things are out there. They'll just know their galaxy. It'll seem like it's the only thing because everything else is beyond the range. It'll all be past the speed of light away from them and they won't be able to come up with their things. And then the extrapolation is, so what is our version of that that we can never know because the evidence of it is now gone past the physical nature or something? You used to be able to see God in space. He was just, yes. you could see him watching TV and people didn't know what it was. It was that box he's watching. He's just showering, but now he's too far away. Article number two, brain-eating amoeba loose in Florida. Officials worry it's likely to starve. <laughs> or what if this is the perfect place because like it's buried into these uh, uh, Floridian brains uh, and it causes them to do stupider things, but we don't know. Right. Like if this had happened in California, we'd have picked it out like that. Yeah. If this happened in the middle of the Bronx... Picks it out like that. Oh, so it's it's like a tactical move. <laughs> you're you're, yeah. you're you're target yes. practicing in the ocean, so there's no craters <laughs> to report. Yeah, the CDC would send buses and buses of scientists and epidemiologists to New York, but it can feast in Florida without yeah. sending up any red flags. Yeah, the closest thing to a red flag is when uh, bath salt shop owners start calling each other, being like, "The normal guys aren't making it in. I wonder what's up." <laughs> you know, you know, uh, old uh, bath salt gym, you know, Mayor Bath Salt Gym hasn't been around lately. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just talking about their customers. In fact, few people know this, but in the state of Florida, if you own a bath salt shop, you are actually also legally a law enforcement officer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a ba I'm a uh, sheriff's deputy and bath salt sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have a bath salt that goes very well with fish. I'll be right back. <laughs> it goes well with the Mountain Dew. Uh, so this is a story about another one of my fears. This isn't as big as prions for me, but it's one of those things that do terrify me. Uh, I think I can avoid them more than like prions uh, and be more knowing about it. So it's not as, as terrifying, but still terrifying to me, which is the case of infection with an aquatic amoeba. We've talked about this a few times before. This is where it's usually, it's usually from like a lake setting and you're swimming around in a lake gets up in your nose. It's usually in like warmer climates. You're swimming around in a lake. There's amoebas in that lake. It gets up in your nose. Usually you get water up in your nose. It infects your brain and it's like always fatal. It basically kills almost 100% of people who get it. And there's almost nothing you can do. You get symptoms between a day and two weeks after it gets in your nose. And then from the day you get symptoms, you have one to 18 days and you're fucking dead. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Yeah, it, it it eats it infects the the part of your body where where you live, your soul, if yeah. it, that exists, lives, and then that part just dies. It's bad for a few reasons. I was thinking is like one, you got a, a thing where it's like fuck, that's quick. Like if somebody gives you a cancer diagnosis, even it's pancreatic cancer, you got like six months, you got two years. They're like, oh, you won't know until you already swam. It's like you know you got infected, and somebody goes, oh, sorry, you have a you have like two weeks max, and you're gonna be dead. And because it's to like people who are swimming in lakes, it often happens to kids and young, healthy people. Because who the fuck is swimming in a lake? Also, uh, the like the the qual you know if you have pancreatic cancer or whatever and you have eighteen months to live, the quality of life will be you know not great. Sure. But there'll be there'll be windows where you're you and you can maybe yeah. like get some business done. When your brain's infected, like that's you know that <laughs> good luck. <laughs> that's 
So the the species of amoeba, and I keep in mind, remember, amoeba is in the Animalia kingdom. This is not a bacteria. Antibacterials won't do anything. Not a virus, not a fungi. This is an animal. It's a little fucking animal, just like us. Neglaria fowleri, which typically lives in soil and warm, fresh water and can sometimes grow in water tanks, heaters, and pipes. So it, it infiltrates the human body and causes a disease of the brain and spinal cord called primary ambic meningesophitis. So not meningitis, meningesophitis, uh, or PAM. People can't develop PAM by swallowing enfowlery or by interacting with an already infected person. Rather, the amoeba enters the brain through the nose by traveling through the nerve that relays information about smell from the nose to the brain. So you could drink all of this water all you want. It doesn't matter. It's not going to do anything to you. It's only when you get it up your nose. So, Damien, how do you think this happened to this uh, young gentleman in Florida? Uh, some friends were fucking dunking him. Like, like some, like, <laughs> uh, he was gator wrestling. <laughs> His jet ski flipped over. <laughs> uh, let's play the, how did the Florida man get the, the brain eating amoeba? He was the victim of a naked grease fire. And, it, and because there were no actual firefighting officials, a group of local militia had to dump a water tank on him to put him out, thereby infecting him with the amoeba. <laughs> uh, I was going to say manatee proposal. Went wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, dolphin vengeance. That's when a dolphin <laughs> kills a member of your family and you are sworn by oath to kill him back. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, no, he actually got it from a neti pot. Oh, uh, of course. I've heard so many. Like, th this is the horror story with neti pots. Why so I refuse yes. to use them is because these stories keep happening. Oh, yes. my God. You should refuse to use them. I refuse to use them. Damien, you're doing the right thing. If you're out there listening, refuse to use them, or at least refuse to use them in this way, which is with tap water. Never, ever do it. And this is why I wanted to emphasize the thing that you can drink this water all you want. You could drink only this water, and you would never get sick a day in your life. It is Different when you put it up your fucking nose. So just because it's safe and it comes out of I drink tap water. That's all I drink. I drink gallons of water every day when I'm out in the field. All I drink is tap water. You I don't never drink savage. a bottle of water. Right? Even then, I'm never gonna put it up my fucking nose for this exact reason. So just because it comes out of the same tap that you drink and it's clean enough to drink and it's totally safe and you live in a first world does not mean that it won't still fuck you up if you put it up your nose. If you are gonna do the pots, Use some distilled water, because distilled water is almost always pure, or boil the tap water you're going to use. for. They say for a minute, I would leave that motherfucker going for 10, because that's what you do before you drink it. Go 10 minutes on that, before, and then let it cool down before you do this. And by the way, what the fuck, people? No amount of congestion relief is worth this. Yeah, I... Could, like my nieces one day were about to use a neti pot and like I slapped it out of their hand and like my fam like like my ex wife and my sister were like what is wrong with you yeah they're trying to I was like I'm saving them it's it's, not it's not a huge likelihood right it's like it's a tiny 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 likelihood but here's the problem if you get it it's a hundred percent or near a hundred percent likelihood that you're gonna fucking die is it worth it 
Is it worth it? Is that tiny, tiny, tiny thing, even if it's so tiny, you can barely even see that tiny little speck of a percentage. Is it worth it? Are you getting that much relief that you're like, hey, I might've just infected myself with something that'll kill me within a two week span of time for no apparent reason if I'm perfectly healthy, normal individual with a normal immune system, but fuck it, roll the dice. Also, uh, you're going to have to check the numbers, but to our people who are deployed out there who really are craving that small itty-bitty uh, relief and all is there is is local water if they have tap, uh, the U.S. Army does recommend that if with just, I believe, with your standard canteen size, I want to say it's a tablespoon of bleach, please uh, 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 consult your, uh, your Army handbook for the exact number. Uh, but um, you can add that bleach to your canteen, let it sit for 30 minutes, and uh, then you can neti pot with that bleach water. You can yeah. also drink it if you wanted. Yeah, the, this is, I just want to emphasize this because this is something that I think like a lot of people just don't know about. Like you said, your relatives were looking at you like you were crazy for thinking this is a thing. And even though it is very unlikely, I want to emphasize this very unlikely, it's still a needless risk. It is 100% avoidable. By the way, do you know some of the other places that people frequently get this? We just talked about neti pots. That's a big one. Talked about swimming in lakes. Do you? Can you think of any others? Water parks? No, because that's all. That's all. That's chlorinated. third world water parks. <laughs> nah, it's still usually. It's usually more chlorinated. <laughs> Less regulation. More urine. Yeah. I don't know. What is it? Fuck. I'm thinking something in the beauty industry. No. Something in the holistics industry. It's. Those plastic inflatable pools. You know those like little things you buy in the summertime for kids, oh. like those inflatable pools? That's like one of the major origin points of these. Because it's not chlorinated, because it, you usually will let that water sit in there for a few days at least, because little kids are fucking around in it and they get it up their nose, it's actually a huge portion of the cases come from that. And of course, it's really sad because mo if it's not a drunken college kid, most of the time it's a young child who's in one of those things. So obviously not a person you want getting this. First off, those things you're you're asking to be injured if you're if you're not a child. Those things have hard bottom unless unless you have that inflatable mattress, that inflatable, unless that that kiddie pool is inside of a bounce house. Uh, you're asking for injury if you're putting in alcohol. Listen, guys, oh. just just oh please, I I have been thrown into one of those things while drunk in college, completely against my will. I should have known when my girlfriend winked at like was talking to my buddies and asked for my phone. I was like, yeah, I guess here you go. And then all of a sudden, I got picked up from behind. Bobby, what is the point of learning to box if people are still going to be able to pick you up? If anything, you learn sumo, so you're harder to pick up. Well, this boxing, you're, you're cutting weight. You're easier I, to carry. I got picked up from behind by my friends, so I didn't know I was being attacked. And one of them was a six foot six D1 tight end who I would have been able to throw me 10 yards. I don't know. Sumo Bobby would have put up a better fight. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 650 to learn all about why James Webb just discovered some things that maybe shouldn't exist and how to avoid brain-eating amoebas in Florida. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 651. You wee howdy, fellow Floridians. This is your state comptroller, Lucky Jim McGillis. Helping you stay safe by alerting you to some of the most common ways us Floridians is susceptible to contracting deadly brain amoebas. Number one, backyard Poseidon fighting. Number two, 
Mini bike versus pond fights. Number three, snorting counterfeit holy water. Number five, premarital sex. Number six, newer, wetter types of cocaine. And number seven, by not attending the Miss Tallahassee wet t-shirt contest this summer. You've been listening to science fiction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>